Dear friends in Christ, when the Lord Jesus told us to baptize people, he told us to baptize everyone. He did not leave anyone out. The scripture uses the word all. And he doesn't rule out anyone of any ethnicity, either gender, any age. If there are people who don't want to baptize someone, they're going to have to make up stuff that's not in the scripture to prove not to baptize somebody because the scripture says baptize everyone. And that's because without God calling you to faith in word and sacrament, you and I are spiritually dead. Everyone starts out spiritually dead and we need to be made spiritually alive. Baptism does that. But when the Lord says, do this, when it comes to Holy Communion, he doesn't say, do this for everyone. Instead, when the Apostle Paul writes about Holy Communion, he talks about people who would take communion in an unworthy manner. Don't serve those people communion. Instead, let a person examine himself. And after doing so, let him eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For if anyone eats and drinks in an unworthy way, because he does not recognize the Lord's body, he eats and drinks judgment on himself. And since I don't want to hand people judgment when I hand them the bread and the wine, the body and blood, I try to determine if a person can examine himself. If she can take a look at her life and say, yes, I need Jesus. And I recognize Jesus here in communion, here in the body and blood. And so we wait until people are a certain age before we give them communion. We try to make a judgment about whether they can actually recognize the body and blood of the Lord there and whether they can examine themselves. In the United States, in the Roman Catholic Church, that age is earlier than the Lutheran Church. I think maybe ages eight or nine often. And some uh, people who studied this intently say, I'm not sure adult understanding and logic kick in until a person is 15 or 16. We should probably wait until then, maybe later. But most Lutherans in the United States have settled on the end of eighth grade. Do you know why? Because 100 years ago, eighth grade was the last grade you could count on everybody having in school. After that, school became a little bit more optional. So everybody gets through eighth grade, though. So then you can have your catechetical instruction. And then we welcome you to the table. I didn't check what the practice of this congregation is, but I'll be surprised if it's not around that age where we say, you can recognize the body and blood of the Lord now, and we welcome you to the sacrament. You know you need Jesus, right? You don't make it through in the faith all the way to the point of death without Jesus. You need him all the way. Recognizing that we need Jesus is an important part of our spiritual lives. In the gospel that I read to you, while we were standing, you heard about a man named Jairus. Jairus' daughter, 12, year old, 12 years old, was on her deathbed. And he recognized that he needed Jesus. 
or she would die. He said, Please come and place your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. And I want you to notice what Jesus' response was. Jesus went with him. When you and I recognize that we need Jesus, no matter what it is in our lives we need him for, and we pray to him, please help us, do this particular thing for us, whatever it is, Jesus' answer is always, I will be with you in a special way. Jesus is always with us. He's God. God is omnipresent. But Jesus promises his special presence in a few times in Scripture. One of them is where two or three are gathered in my name. There am I with them. That's a special presence. It goes beyond the omnipresence. When you and I pray to him, he promises his answer that he will be with us in a special way. When we take the Lord's Supper, Jesus is with us in a special way. That's his real body, I don't know how. That's his real blood, I don't know how. But when he says that it is, I know that he's with me in a special way on my lips. In, on my tongue, in my heart. And Jesus promises that special presence with us to reassure us even as we go through life. We need that reassurance because we're going to encounter skeptics. Maybe you notice that in this text. As Jesus went toward the house of Jairus then, they encountered skeptics. They, uh, while, he, while Jesus was still speaking, people from Jairus' house arrived saying, your daughter's dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? He can't help you. They're skeptical that Jesus can help. And then as Jesus approaches the house and sees a commotion, he says, don't think of that child as permanently gone. Think of that child as sleeping. Death is like a sleep. And they just laugh at him. They are skeptical of Jesus' view of death. You're going to encounter skeptics in your life who say, Jesus can't help you. See, this bad thing happened. You're going to encounter skeptics in your life who say, Jesus can't help you. What the Bible says, that doesn't jibe with real life. It's made up stuff. Don't let the skeptics overwhelm you. Don't let the skepticism in your own heart overwhelm you. There's a little skeptic in each of us that doesn't believe Jesus can help us because when we ask for relief, it doesn't come immediately or it doesn't come the way we expect. There's a little skeptic in us that wonders about certain parts of the Bible. Jesus has a word for our inner skepticism. He says, don't be afraid, only believe. Then he gives us his Lord's Supper to strengthen our faith, to help us get rid of that fear, anxiety, and instead to trust his simple word of promise. Because Jesus has power, he even has power over death. Talitha kum, he says to the dead girl, and immediately she came alive, stood up, began to walk around. You know Jesus' power over death. He showed that in his own resurrection. 
and connected to him, you too shall rise. Not just staying alive in soul into heaven, but being reunited with a glorified body and living with Jesus in eternity. Jesus does not always answer our prayers for relief, our requests, knowing we need him, the way we expect. The, the synagogue ruler said, before she dies, come lay your hands on her so that you can heal her and she'll live. Jesus lets her die, and then when he comes, he just with a single hand holds out his hand and says words, talafakum, that the synagogue ruler Jairus does not expect. Jesus does not always answer our prayers, our requests, our acknowledgement of needing him the way we expect. He's smarter than that. He knows precisely what we need. He knows precisely when we need it. And with his special presence, he answers that prayer. It's always better for us we don't always trust that because it's not our own timing, our own desire, answering our own need. When we make a request like that to Jesus, he answers it with the Lord's Supper. And there are side effects to the Lord's Supper that we may not expect, but they're always good for us. They are always precisely what we need. I don't know if you know that I was supposed to preach here two weeks ago when Pastor Van Evenhoven was here. Uh, did they say he's subbing for Pastor Prangy? They, okay, somebody said that out loud, so some of you knew that. I was supposed to be here, but I couldn't make it because I had kidney stones. It's my fifth bout in 30 years, and I'm right in the middle of it now. There are three still in there. I'm under medication. The medication helps me to put up with this, but there are side effects. I hope what I'm saying in the sermon makes sense. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a medicine that's very helpful. Human medicine, though, sometimes has side effects that are not real desirable. The Lord's Supper... Church people have called it for hundreds of years the medicine of immortality. It's the medicine you take along the way of life after God has brought you to faith, to spiritual life in baptism, in his word. Then you take this medicine of immortality and it takes you all along to the point of death into eternal life. It's a wonderful medicine. It reminds us of the Lord's death. It actually gives us continuing forgiveness of sins. And then there's this wonderful side effect. Wherever there's forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. And so the Lord's Supper is the medicine of immortality taking us all the way into eternal life. Maybe you don't expect that. Maybe you only want to have a particular prayer answered or anxiety taken away. But with this blessed medicine, we walk to the promised land with the people of Moses, the believers, and entering the promised land, we give thanks to the Lord 
prepared to receive his blessings knowing that we need him. We take every step of our lives in his grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.